Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Hello, Bill. Hello, 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 hello. 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 How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, except for one thing. What? It's Valentine's week. It is. In fact, tomorrow, we're recording this on Wednesday, and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You doing anything is, special? Uh, no, actually, I've got... Oh, you're one of those guys. I'm going to one-up and say I have an amazing wife, because yeah. uh, the first year we got married, uh, she was like, you don't think you do anything for Valentine's Day? I'm like, sure, I don't. Like, sure, I don't. And then... Yeah. I did something, and she was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, she's like, I was serious. I'm like, I'm in love with this woman. <laughs> she hates Valentine's Day because she's like, let's just do it all throughout the year. Right. So then I can get her flowers, the same $75 flowers for nine ninety eight the next week. Correct. And over the course, I could spend that same 70, like seven months out of the year. Yeah. You know, and so. So it's a it's a move of frugality, not a move of uh, you don't particularly care for or love your wife. No, in fact, I tried, and I and there's no demise against guys who do that. Like I'm not like going that's wrong, because it's fine. It's you know whatever. I mean, it's a Hallmark holiday that somebody made up and was like, hey, okay. So, the only thing I really know about Valentine's Day is the St. Valentine's Day massacre, which is really wow. Yeah, that's going old school. Yeah, it is. That's like going 1920s. Extremely gangster. mafia. Yeah, extremely gangsta. Yeah. Uh, gangsta. Gangsta. I, yeah, that's how bad I am. Gangsta. We're kind of in the same boat. Um, we don't we don't do much, um, but I have two girls at the house, and I feel like yeah. I should do something for my daughters. We do stuff for the kids, not for um, us. But you know, normally my wife buys the you know the the hearts of candy, and then it's yep. that Russian roulette of like which candy do you get? And like, oh, this one's the cream one. Yeah, the or the, the coconut cream. cream. Ugh. I like coconut. Cream. Oh, ugh. so it's good, horrible. So, what's your least favorite one? Um, probably like the that like n- it's not the nougaty one, but it's the one that's like. Something like it's kind of like a caramel, but it's not, and it's soft. It's gross. <laughs> it's just nasty. I I'll, I'd even take like the strawberry cream over that one. Oh, uh, the orange cream one is the one that I'll like literally throw it across the room in protest. I'll like See, bite I into like it orange and I'll be, candy, and I'll 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 go postal on it. I'm like, this is not candy. I just saw this post of a guy who. Uh, who said him and his wife go to the store and they pick out each other's cards and they hand it to him and then they put them back. <laughs> like, that was nice. And they saved themselves like $11. Yeah, cards used to be cheap, but now they're yeah. like six bucks a pop. Anyways, cards so are, b- before we get ugh. too deep into it, um, there's still time to sign up for the Known Legacy Conference coming up on March 2nd. Um, it's here in Allen, Texas. If you haven't signed up yet, do it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's spots are going fast. We they have great speakers. Uh, it's a great date night. Speaking of Valentine's, maybe you can get it as a Valentine's gift. Ooh, Ooh that'd be good. Val- or a post-Valentine's gift when you said, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. I'm taking you to this conference because now that you heard this, you're like, oh, no, I better I better go and get a makeup for it. It's a great, great time to make up. Uh, right. I, I realize that there's mistakes have been made and it's time for me to uh, get this dialed in right. So. Um, a little bit of encouragement that night. <laughs> right. Dinner. Right. Concert. Going for the first down, not the touchdown, if you listen to last week's podcast. The short game. Go for the short game. Man. I don't know, but if you go to the conference, you may go for the for the touchdown that night. You never know. <laughs> Might be some love in the room. So, Where is the love? So we don't want to do any false advertising, so if it doesn't end there, it's not our fault. 
Yeah, yeah, it's your it's your own fault. Right. I right. think uh, we're gonna put this one on you. Exactly. I think Jimmy Jimmy Buffett said that actually. It's your own it's your own fault. So. Yeah, he did in Margaritaville. Yes. So, but anyways, sp- speaking of cards, I heard this really cool story. Uh, so so make sure you sign up for the for the conference. I guess that's one thing I'd say. Sign up for the conference. It's gonna be a good time. We'll have the link in the bio here. Just scroll down past the podcast and click on the link below. But you know we're talking about cards, and I remember hearing this story about Mother's Day cards. Jumping into Mother's Day. And uh, there was another Hallmark holiday. Another Hallmark holiday. I mean, it's good to celebrate moms. It's good. Yeah. I mean, they really should be celebrated more often than one time a year. But Correct. Whatever. <laughs> they, and they barely get that day. It's like, okay, that was great. <laughs> What's for lunch? Right. We're terrible. Um, but we, but I heard, we cook you breakfast in bed, but don't go to the kitchen for a good 35 to 45 minutes because yeah. it a, a, it's a war zone. And she's like, is that a pressure washer? <laughs> Why is there a pressure washer downstairs? Don't worry about it. Just stay in bed. Just stay sweetheart. in bed. Just You'll stay, be fine. Just stay in You'll bed. Be, is that my good china playing around? <laughs> no, Mom. <laughs> but I heard this story about cards on Mother's Day. Right. And uh, so there was a prison, and I think it was Family Life, or it was someone like that family, some Family Life ministry, or <laughs> something some like that. Some ministry to... Yes. Yeah. Something. And they had gone to a prison and said, hey, we're, will- we're willing to send out every card uh, that you want to from someone who was like a mom to you, whether it was a grandma or a neighbor, a neighbor's mom or somebody, a woman who was, I guess I'd say, like impactful in your life. Right. So they write the card, they put the envelope, uh, yep. yeah, and then address it. And yeah, then the ministry puts the stamp on it yep. and make sure it gets delivered. Fantastic. Send it out. Love it. Love it. They That's had like fantastic. over 4,000 cards go out in this one prison. Wow. Pretty crazy. 4,000 cards. And like, this is awesome. We're going to do the same thing at Father's Day. So they got all Which ready. is the next month. The next month. You know. So, so they got all these cards in there, set out in the center or whatever, and they were like waiting for people. And the response was overwhelming again. Zero. Zero. Not That's one underwhelming. Card. That's underwhelming. Not one card went out to a man from another man in prison. Really? And I have a, a a friend of mine who who took over for Chuck Colson in Chuck's ministry, right. his prison ministry, and he was telling me that he said, "Bill, it goes over seventy percent of the men who are in prison have have no father figure in their life, have never had a father figure in their life." That's crazy. And the greater majority of the ones who are in prison were impacted negatively by the man that was in their life. Right. And I think that's where we look at this idea of masculinity. Again, we're kind of taking part two in this biblical masculinity and what this is really thing is all about. And there's so many personas of what masculinity is. And that's where even last week, if you listen to our, to our podcast, we talked about what masculinity, uh, how, how it's been hijacked in right. our society. Right. And then running back to the truth of the scriptures. Again, in, in, in you know, known legacies filters, the first one, if, is God's word true? Do we right. really believe that? If we're listening today and we believe God's word true, we believe that God's word talks about masculinity in the most biblical, truthful sense that we can have. Right. I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day, and uh, the title of the podcast was The Absolute Necessity of Dads. And it, it talked about how just the importance of, of dads are not just for uh, setting like morals and setting like expectations and work yeah. ethic and stuff like that moving yeah. forward in the family, but par- primarily from like nine till five, nine months old till five yeah. years old, and how essential it is dads in play and the role that that plays in kids developing like um, what does aggressive look like uh, aggression looks like versus intensity. Mm. Well, most kids learn that. What they're finding out um, through playing and wrestling with dad, roughhousing. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know the, the thing that mom is like, 
don't do that in the house. Don't and throw them off like, the bed. Right. Guys got three or four guys, you know, rolling around with them and throwing them up in the air. And, and you know, I still remember my, my oldest and I'm like tossing her in the air, you know, and my wife is freaking out. And my daughter just has these eyes of like, I'm terrified, but I'm trusting you. And you're like, yeah. This is, and you're like, this is fun. This right. is fun. And, and, and that creates these, these pathways in the brain of like risk and trust and safe risk and dangerous risk yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all these things. And they're just saying that the, the play, roughhousing, and, and what dad's doing that is so essential to lifelong development of kids being able to interact with other kids. Yeah, and learning Huge. how to play with other kids, and learning how to play unorganized sports, where there's this unspoken commitment of saying we're going to agree to these rules, even though the rules are unspoken, so that we can both have a good time playing this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how important that is throughout life, because that's what business is, that's what careers are. That and and, and so dads are essential, and our culture is wrestling with this concept of dads. Yeah. And some of our culture are saying that masculinity is what's evil in our world. And and what what I think we're saying is like no 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 the lack of masculinity true masculinity true biblical is, is what what you what true biblical masculinity too many words too many words <laughs> not enough coffee I am so tired this morning man I don't know why it. but anyways uh, and just how essential that is and so what we wanted to do we started last week we want to continue this week is um, what does true biblical masculinity look like because it is essential not just for our own health and well-being as men, but for our families, for our kids, and for the bigger p- picture of culture. Yeah, like yeah. Our, our culture needs true men to rise up and, and be the ones that God has uniquely created them to be. Yes. And I think that I like that deep tone, too. Yeah. Oh, I tried. I don't have the deep tone voice. But I know last week we talked about finding a contemporary, someone you can walk along with in the scriptures right. that says... This is the guy who I connect with. Um, I do believe firmly that God has created so many different writers in the scripture and so many men inspired to write God's word because he said there's so many different personalities. So I think if we can find a contemporary, and I know that for me, mine was David and yours was... Jo- well, Adam at first, but I know, and then I went Adam. with Joshua, like the real answer, Joshua. By the way, I told my wife that joke Yeah, and because uh, I was really proud of it. Because I've made you laugh because it was so unexpected. If you didn't Extremely. listen, I said my, my favorite character is Adam because he liked to walk around naked and he ate whatever his wife gave him. Yes. And um, and, and that ruined everything. Right. And and so I, I share that Adam. with much pride to my wife thinking, I'm surely I'll get some reaction from her. And the reaction I got was an eye roll and she just walked away. And I'm like, huh. As in you're not going to have a naked time <laughs> and the kids are gone. Because <laughs> we're going to have grandkids here. <laughs> right. But you're right. like, if they're in a diaper, I get to be in my underwear. That's at least the well, agreement. I'd rather be in my underwear than my own diaper. That's correct. <laughs> there's, a, there's a truth in there. So anyways, Joshua, and I, I think with Joshua, the, the thing that struck me as I've, I've continued to dive into that story was um, the dude lived in spades in the shadow for the longest time of Moses. And so what did he allow, what did that allow him to do? Well, that allowed him to learn from someone who's gone before him. Yeah. And I think we undervalue that in our culture. Our, our culture values education, getting a degree, and then the assumption is you have everything you need to su- succeed whether that's a spoken or unspoken assumption. Yeah. And the reality is you have nothing to yeah. succeed. Um, there's an, uh, another podcast I was listening to, 
I think it was a Simon Sinek podcast, and and he was talking about the importance of mentors. And someone had actually done a study of like the the top fifty most influential leaders of um, our day. Uh, and and looked at what are some of the common threads that that pulled out, and one of the common threads that that, that they pulled out was like of the top fifty, forty, at around the age sixteen to twenty four, identified someone who was a season ahead of them, mm. and sat at their feet and allowed them to be mentored by them. That's awesome. And, and it wasn't like a short term, like one time meeting, like hey, let's have a lunch together. It was a prolonged, ongoing, sometimes monthly connecting with this person. That, that allowed to speak into these uh, who became very effective leaders later on in life. Yeah. And I think that's what you see in Joshua and Moses is intentionally or unintentionally, Joshua sat at the feet of Moses and learned from him and learned the mistakes that Moses had made intimately, not through second, third, fourth hand, but because he saw the mistakes, Moses was honest with him in that yeah. stuff. And then all of a sudden when Moses is gone and it's time for Joshua to step into that role, he was ready. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I think there's something about biblical masculinity has got to start with the idea of am I making room in my life? Yeah, to sit at the feet of someone who's a few um, a season ahead of me. Yeah, um, who's in a life stage ahead of me. So um, I, thinking about that, I, I've um, uh, there's a, a book that I'm going through right now called Five Level, Levels of Leadership by Maxwell. It's an great, old book. It's great a great book. book. I, great I've gone book. through it before, and I and I read it for a class, a leadership class, blah, 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 whatever. And But this time I, I was preparing. I was like, okay, who's the guy ahead of me that I need to go through with this book? And yeah. there's a guy that I know through the cigar shop. He's a CEO of a company, and he's very successful. I'm like, I need to see if he wants to do it. Called him up. We met for lunch, and he goes, I'm all in. Because awesome. I'm all in. In fact, awesome. he even brought the book to the lunch, which I was like, I got that guy. Then we both said, who's the guy behind us? Yeah. And so there's this 25-year-old guy that I, I met at a church recently who uh, we connected over coffee. And this guy just exudes entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, he was late That's to our cool. meeting because he had a dream and he envisioned how to create a better car rack for his truck. And so he spent his morning from 6 a.m. till our, our meeting um, working up a prototype in his garage just to see if it would work. And then he comes and he's like in his work clothes and he's filthy dirty. And he's just so and he, he has like these sparks of leadership. Yeah. But he's 24. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you don't know what you don't know. Extremely moldable. Oh, extremely. And he's so excited. And like, you know, he's talking about the church plant that we're doing called the Grove Church over in North Lake Argyle area. And, and, and his questions could care less about the church plant. It was all like. Tell me about your philosophy of leadership. Yeah. Like, tell tell me what's your philosophy of like development and growth and decide. And it's all. And I'm like, he needs to be there. So um, we are going to be meeting every other week, uh, going through that book together, the three of us. Because again, it's the Moses principle. Who's the guy behind you? Who's the guy ahead of you? Or yeah, the Joshua yeah, yeah. principle. Who's the guy ahead of you? Who's the guy behind you yeah. that you're allowing and intentionally speaking into? And I think there's something that we desperately need in our culture to do that more often. Yeah, no, I, th that makes perfect sense because I feel like every time that I have a conversation with those who who are millennials, I even hate using the word now because I hate just broad terming this generation. But I know that a lot of millennials that I talk to are um, are really they're hungry for someone to step into their life. I remember hearing about this a long time ago. We would have this conversation about you know we have this basically the internet became the dividing line before the internet. It was essentially the greatest generation that ever, you know, 
that ever list you know that ever lived considered as the World War II generation marked by sacrifice boomers. yes marked by heroism marked by doing the difficult thing that that yes. no one wanted to do but we knew we had to do kind of stuff yep. so there's that, it lens. that great generation yeah the great generation and then there was this generation after I guess um, you and me are like the bridge of the <laughs> the bridge of the glasses I don't know <laughs> but um, the, this other generation is kind of a post post internet high amounts of knowledge being thrown at them but not a lot of experience. And I, I don't mean that to be demising. Yeah. I'm saying, well, I, I know it because I can look it up and I can see it. Whereas before, we had to sit at people's feet and have conversations with people, hear about them. So, the, so the, the, And the real point of that is wisdom. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like we, you can have all the information in the world, but if you don't have wisdom, it's useless. Correct. And that's the, that's the exact environment we live in right now where literally you can Google anything and get a short answer and go, oh, Okay, I got it. I'm not an expert. But no one is sitting at each other's feet to say, how do I improve that? It's, it's the man cave versus study. Um, yeah. We have a culture now that loves building man caves where we can go and watch sports. Yeah. And uh, I saw that meme a, a few months ago that was like, we need fewer man caves and more studies. And you see the chair yes. with the cigar and uh, just shelves of books. And I'm like, that's exactly it. Because... You can learn wisdom not just through one-on-one conversation, but you can learn wisdom through yeah. stories and yeah. through books and through these great epic novels that some are trying to ban, unfortunately, that, that teach us, like, no, this is, this is the reality of humanity. It's screwed up. It's broken. Um, and there, every one of us is capable of unthinkable evil if we're put in the right situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet there's some spark of divinity in us that allows us to overcome that evil if we choose... That's a hard part. Yeah. If we choose to follow that spark rather than what comes natural to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so it's that, it's that, how do we figure out wisdom? Yeah. It's almost, so I guess when I, when I talk to you, it's the idea of like being willing to be led. Right. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is, is that we need to be willing to be led. That's what I'm hearing from, from you with Joshua. Correct. And so I, as I was digging through with David, um, I saw a couple of things. You know, we, we talked about he was a man after God's own heart. Literally, God said that to him. I found a man after my own heart. And, uh, and so, so... That must mean he was perfect. Yeah, exactly. He was completely perfect. He never did anything wrong. He, right. never, he never had a wandering. He had I, a theme song. He had a theme song. Yeah. I guarantee it. David, <laughs> coming to your town. David. It might have been even better than that one. But it was that was pretty good. Are you though. saying that wasn't a great theme song? I mean, I don't know. Like ba da ba da ba ba da ba. That's the ba da ba da 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 da. I don't know. David. Da da da. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We could we could work <laughs> on a David theme song. All right. Well. Dun, 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 David. So, <laughs> anyways, sorry about this. Sorry, sorry for these last two two minutes here. But um, so so David was as you read his story again, finding your contemporary, finding someone that you can connect with, and just reading the story, and not just okay, let me get the eleven points from him, but like let me get an idea. And so as I kept reading through these through these chapters, I kept seeing these these uh, themes come up with mm. him. Yeah, as you saw with Joshua, was just he waited. I know he, in, in between Moses is up at the at, you know you know getting the Ten Commandments, Joshua's here in the middle of the mountain, and and then he's he's watching these people make complete fools of themselves and make this giant calf and go give us all the gold so we can make make a calf and go we just threw it in the fire and boom out came a calf, 
Yeah, that's believable. That, that was our first move of socialism ever. Exactly. Like, what in the world? And so, exactly. Give me all your cash, all your and cash. we'll provide for you. Correct. It worked out horrible. And it didn't work out then. And so, so he waited. So he saw what was going on with Moses. He saw the cloud, the thunder, the lightning, the all those kind of things. And he saw what the people were doing. And he's like, I want that. I don't, I don't want this. So anyways, he was willing to be led. But then I saw David, a man after God's own heart, who, as I read through the scriptures, realized he had a brother in the battle. And, uh, you know, in, in 1 Samuel 18, it talks about his soul being knit together with Jonathan, that at this present moment that him and Jonathan were like, that's my brother. And, you know, we have perverted that verse. Yes, we have. So many ways where it says, you know, David loved Jonathan. Well, if you look at that verse and we could spend hours talking about how this doesn't support a homosexual lifestyle, right. how really what, what it supports is this brotherhood that even the word love, and I'll just go into that, even the word love that he uses with with Jonathan is the same love that the nation of Israel had against David. So you could say either that or David had uh, a sexual relationship with right. all the nation of Israel. So moving that aside and talking about this need for having another guy in our life to go, man, I, I need you to, to call me out on the carpet. Right. I need you to, to, to be my brother in arms in this battle. Right. Finding someone who, who, who can fight with him, kind of a soulmate, but not just a wife. You know, it's not good that man would be alone with even just God or his bride, but with someone else that can walk along and go, man, I know you're not having a good day. How do we move this? Because mm-hmm. it comes back to this one degree. I always go back to this with like the map and the compass. Man, and, and when you're, you know, when I was, I used to be in Boy Scouts and, uh, and we would do compass, you know, we would do map directions and things like that and we'd put down the compass. I believe it's called orienteering. Listen, it's been a long time. <laughs> So don't blame me that I'm an Eagle Scout and I got no clue what's going on right now. Are you an Eagle Scout? I am. I am. Really? What was your project? Uh, I redid a basketball court and tennis Uh, courts. Nice. Yeah, it was exhausting and stupid because I painted a whole (laughs) fence with silver paint. I looked like the Tin Man (laughs) on my own. It was the worst thing. Anyways, that's a whole other podcast someday. But but so here we are. And so when you're when you're orienteering, there you go, uh, and you're off one degree, and then you set your course on that one degree. In the short third, term, it feels like nothing. It feels like nothing. But in 30, 40 minutes, in an hour, in two hours, you're, you're off the entire mountain. Right. And so what we're doing, even with these podcasts, with having someone else to connect with, is getting us back one degree. Just one degree. And every, you know, I, I know, and I'm reading into the story, but as Jonathan and David talked, it was like, no, David, you know that's not true. Right. And Jonathan, you know that's not true. It's like, you're right, you're right. Back on one degree. And it helps us stay at true north having someone that we can be in the journey with. Big part of biblical masculinity is having somebody else with you. Right. And I think if you also look at that David story, um, what you see is um, when he was called out, our natural defenses will kick up and often our fight or flight mechanism kicks in Mm. and we either run and hide from the situation or we start to fight with the person that brought us that information and we're like who are you i know the crap in your life you don't and we we bowed up and we pretend like you know um you know that this is not true or 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 whatever and what you see in david particularly with this key moment with Bathsheba and the adultery that happened there and then the the murder of her husband um he he didn't run away from the situation. He was trying to run away from the situation and he ran out of runway. Um, And when finally his advisor, his spiritual advisor, Nathan comes to him and says, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, He had not a fight. He didn't have a flight. He had a broken moment. Yep. And, and I think there's something about biblical masculinity when we can embrace those broken moments and kind of go, okay, 
this isn't where I wanted to be for whatever reason. Yep. And I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm not going to blame my boss. I'm not going to blame the institution I work for. I'm not going to blame the world. I'm not going to blame my skin color. I'm not going to blame my my socioeconomic life that I was born into. I'm going to own it and say, I messed up. Yeah. And if I want yeah. to change tomorrow, it has to start with me acknowledging that I am not where I want to be. I have made some mistakes, and I'm going to own those mistakes today. Yeah. And then look at what does tomorrow look like in the re- new reality of I got to change some stuff. Well, that's it. And it even started before that. I love in in verse in First Samuel 18, he talks. He says, "Who am I that I would even have the ability to marry Michael, who is Michael?" Michelle, I don't know how her name is spelled, but Saul's daughter. Right. And uh, I think it's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-L. And, and he saw, and so anyways, he's like, who am I that I'd be worthy to marry the daughter of the king? Right. So this humble spirit was there all the time. And it wasn't just false humility. It was like, I can't do this. And you look through all the scripture of even when Saul was going after his life, he was like, who am I to try and kill the Lord's anointed? Right. So he waited. He was humble enough to go, God, you're in charge of this whole thing. Right. So his humility went far deep into who he is so that everything he did, he knew that God was in control. God's got this. Who, who am I amidst God's hand? I'm not going to try and move the hand of the Lord. I'm going to be submissive to what the Spirit is. Right. Right. So I think that that's a big thing that even I, I see that from there all the way down to when he, 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 bait, well, he, he slept with Bathsheba. He killed her, her husband. He, you know, the first baby died. And then out from this comes the, what's considered the wisest man in the world, Solomon. Right. So God took the most negative situation and turned it around to make it amazing because he had a humble man who didn't say, no, 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 let me keep covering this up. He said, God, I confess my sin to you. I, I don't have this. Even when he danced naked, well, with a, with a loincloth. <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, no, 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 don't do that. And he's like, no, no, who am I? As the, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proclaim that I'm nothing in front of God, in front of everybody else who was being led by him. Right. So talk about humility in, in that kind of boldness is pretty powerful. Right. And I, and I think that, that we're hitting on some of the key things here. Um, one is putting yourself in a position that can be led by others. Um, that produces often moments of brokenness when you realize I'm not where I want to be and I can make a choice to blame others or I can honestly hold up the mirror and go, okay, it's my life. I, I may not like the, the, the cards that were dealt me, but I got to play the hand that's been dealt. Yeah. So I'm going to play the yeah. hand and I'm not going to sit there, whine and moan and complain about it. And then I think the other posture of, of true masculinity is this humility of saying there's still things I need to learn. Um, and, and who am I? Um, and, and, and I think from humility comes this real genuine um, gratitude in your hearts. And you want to change your life, begin to become thankful for the things that frustrate you. Like begin to see like that job that you hate, figure out a way every morning to say, thank you for that paycheck. Yeah. Thank you for that coffee. Thank you for that desk. Thank you for that small things. And it will change your attitude and that posture because in humility you realize... At any moment, it could be gone. I'm really unworthy of this. And so I want to have a posture of gratitude, not a posture of arrogance. Um, you know, if you're struggling with your wife um, and you guys are finding yourselves fighting more often than not, maybe the posture needs to be instead of stepping up to the fight, figuring out a way every day to say, there's something about this relationship that I'm thankful for. 
Yeah. And I'm going to invest in that thankfulness. And I'm going to start to proclaim that thankfulness and see how that changes the tenor and the attitude of that relationship when you come in with a spirit of gratitude, which is really the act of humility, rather than a, a, a spirit of bitterness. You know, you know I, I, I just heard this story. I was reading this story. Uh, I forget where it was, but it was, it was a book where I, I think it was a Batterson book, but I'm not totally sure. And this lady wanted to get a divorce and said the best way to get, she was talking to her, to her lawyer and she said, I want to get back at my husband. I want to just make his life miserable. And he goes, okay, take the next six months and serve him. Like, like love him, find ways to love him every single day. And then after that, pull the rug out from under his feet and be like, ha, you got it. So, and he was honest. He was like, let's, let's be deceitful in this. So she took six months and served her husband, loved him. They went on dates. They, they just pursued each other's hearts. And so the lawyer called up in six months and said, okay, you ready to sign those papers? She goes, no, no, we're, no, we're actually on our way to our second honeymoon. We don't need this anymore. Yeah. And it backfired on him in the idea of she saw the value in the little things. Right. And he saw the value in what she was doing and he started to serve and honor her and became teachable. Right. And that's the other thing I see in David is that he had a teachable spirit. And so then the last thing I see when, when, when I look at David is he was honest. He was honest in front of God. And so many guys I know tuck things in. Again, we use the word, I'm fine. Things are fine. And we don't pass that on to someone else. We, don't, we just say, no, I'm fine. Things are good. They didn't take their brother in arm and go, hey, here's what's going on in my life. I had a guy this week at our church. I was like, how you doing? He goes, can I tell you I'm doing crappy? And I was like, yeah. And he said, things aren't good. He sat there and told me, man, it's been the third year since his mother passed away. He goes, I don't, I don't share this stuff with people. And it was so, for me, it was such a powerful moment that he was like, dude, it takes real balls to share that with somebody. I'm not doing good. He could have walked away and said, things are fine. But he had a teachable spirit. He was humble enough in front of God to say, I need to share this with another guy. He did. Things changed for him. He went back the one degree. Right. He, he was back on true north. Right. Just because he was honest. I love that idea of it's a one degree change. And so, you know, that would be our encouragement to anyone listening to this is you're not going to undo everything that's been done to this point in in one sitting, in one moment. But maybe today you can change it by one degree. Yeah. If you don't have a brotherhood that you're currently connecting with, if you don't have a group of guys that you're currently hanging out with yeah. or a guy that you're currently hanging out with, then guess what? Sit at the feet of the, the father. So instead of spending five um, you know, hours doing whatever, take some time every day and just say, okay, I want to sit and, and be mentored by Jesus. Yeah. So read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read those and just be mentored by the King of Kings, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, or just, and then start to pray about who is the guy that I can start to invest in so we can create a brotherhood type relationship. Yeah. Um, and uh, where at the end of the day, um, that's the guy that you're willing to go to the mat for. That's the guy that you're willing to die for. That's the guy that is willing to do the same for you. And once you have that re- relationship established, it changes everything because yeah. you realize you're not alone. And when you're not alone, you have this confidence to 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 pursue this crazy life of being dad, being husband, being employee, employer um, in some crazy ways when you know even on the worst day there's a brotherhood who's going to be there and has your back. Yeah. So I'd say find your man in the scriptures and find your man in life. Right. And start with the one in scriptures. Find your contemporary because if we're willing to be led, if we have, you know, uh, a brother in the battle, if we are humble and teachable, and honest with God and with others, it changes the direction of what real masculinity looks like. And then we're led by the Lord 
and were led through the scriptures by the Lord to go, God, direct my steps with what masculinity really is all about. Right. Allow God to do that to you. Love you guys. Love what uh, God's doing through the podcast. Sign up for the uh, retreat if you live in the Allen or DFW area. And um, God bless you. We look forward to seeing you. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.